Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. I am Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. You may recognize us from the Holderness family videos on Facebook and YouTube. Those kind of... Yeah, a lot, a lot of dancing by middle-aged people. Yeah. And our kids, yeah. The, those videos are about two minutes long. They're meant to make you laugh. This is a podcast, a little bit longer. It's meant to not only make you laugh, but also make you think. And this week, it's more think-heavy, I very, think. Very think-heavy. We are talking to Tom Thalen. He specializes and has made a career out of teaching people, kids and parents uh, about the act of bullying. So this is why it's so important for you to leave a review because check out this review. Yeah, Zoe and Peaches, they wrote this less than a week ago. I love your podcast so, so much and you should have Tom Thalen, Thalen, the anti-bullying speaker on your podcast because bullying is a problem that can happen at any age. And Zoe and Peaches, not only do we agree, we went and got him and we're about to talk to him. Yes. If you are listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, will you leave us a rating and review? And in fact, in the reviews, you can even tell us some people you want us to have on the podcast. We read those reviews and mm-hmm. we love it. Um, and it helps other people find us. Also, if you're screenshot it add it, and tag us on Instagram, we do our very best to respond to every single one. And it means the absolute world to us. This topic, it's a big deal. It is. It was a big deal for me growing up. It was a deal for you growing up. We're trying to make sure it's not a huge deal for our kids growing up. I know. And there's such, you know, we talk about raising resilient kids because when it comes down to it on these micro levels, you know, we have a kid going in who's in middle school now. She might not be able to stop a bully, but she can she can change how she reacts to that. And on social media, um, we can change how we react to a bully, um, even as an adult. Bullying is interesting. It's it's so different now, right? It was very different for us when we were kids. I think it was probably a lot more physical, at least for me when I was a kid. I'm not sure that uh, my child is, or my son is experiencing that same thing. It You relate to your gender, I think, a little bit more. So I'm always keeping my eye on Penn Charles. I think you're probably keeping your eye on Lola more just mm-hmm. because it's – 
bullying, at least at my age, was very gender specific. There were different things that right. happened. It's still kind of the case today, doesn't it feel like? It feels like that. And I, I, my, and my questions to Tom that you'll hear are, you know, our daughter doesn't tell us a whole lot. She she's sweet and she's lovely and we have a great relationship. But my questions have always been, how will I know she's going through if she's being bullied or if she's the bully? You know, could I don't think any parent identifies their their kid as the mean girl or what. So those are those are questions that I'm consumed with because I think so much of what's happening in schools today, it it, it comes down to kids just not feeling like they fit in. And I mean, Penn, I, it's hard for me to imagine a time when you didn't fit in there, there was a time i mean i i just made some decisions that were uh achievement based instead of <laughs> fun based and you know back in the day like if you're you know if you're in an award-winning mathlete yeah oh my gosh yeah i mean if you come home with a trophy for math that is roughly half your height <laughs> you're feeling good about yourself but it's not the kind of thing that you want to throw out in the playground i don't know but nowadays i mean it so back back in the old days it was if you were different you were targeted yes so i had a very deep voice i was targeted um, but now I hope that one of the benefits of being online is that you can find your tribe of different people, right? Maybe? No? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad you're, you're bringing up the internet. I, I think I have a feeling that's going to be a big part of what Tom says. He's, I'm sure he'll talk about phones. He'll talk about social media. He'll talk about online. Look, man, the internet is a great place to meet people. It is also everything at once. It's the good it's the bad. There is tons of cyberbullying that goes on. I want to know the difference between cyberbullying and cyber trolling because we as influencers, and this isn't something that, um, that a ton of people experience, but if you have a video that gets millions of views, there's a 100% chance that there's, there's going to be some very strong comments directed your way. Can I make a – I'm just going to put something out there that's going to sound so ridiculous – I love the community. I do read the comments because I think that's the best part of this community we've created because I feel like I'm friends with everybody. But when a video goes super viral, I actually don't love it because I, I love I know this. I love that people have enjoyed it enough to share it. OK, so we did this video slime after slime. And I think a lot of people identified with it. And I think on Facebook has like 30 million views or something like that. And again, a lot of people shared it because I identified. And then comes the people that say just terrible, mean, horrible things. And I should be grown up enough to know, well, this person had a bad day. They, they you know, but I take it personally. You do. You do. And look, I love this about you. And right? that's why I'm like, oh, God, it's going viral. I'm like, oh, But you God. should know this as an empath who feels all the feels. I do feel all the Everyone feels. knows this. You also will feel that vitriol. Right. And that gets in your skin and that's rough. So we've got like, look, we've got some personal issues about bullying. <laughs> I think we should I think we should hold hands and make a pact that we will we'll kind of slide in a question about how to help with like our thing. It's always about it's about it's, me. It's it, all about me. It, this one we should probably focus on children a little bit of more course. than on the fact that well, our viral video has people hit on. No, like I it. know. But that's why like, like it's the most non-relatable thing I've ever said. But it's interesting, right? No, it but, is, but Penn, Penn will say. Oh, because we predict, like, if there's another video we're going to put out close enough, he goes, you know, what? I think this one might be watched a lot. Let's space it out for your mental health. Like, if we think that there's going to be another correct. popular video, he's like, I don't know that your mental health can handle the... It, 
I take it so personally because I'm like, here, okay, here's an idiot in their profile picture oh boy. that has children, and they're calling me. She's punching back. No, my, they're telling me I have fat legs, and I'm like, okay, you obviously have children, and you're telling me, but my thighs are fat. And you, so you're typing that, but I'm sure at some point it comes out of your face. And so then your kids hear that. And I'm like, how much time do I want to like, how many times do I want to hear like, oh, you have bags under your eyes, you're gaining weight. Like, are you serious? So sorry. Okay. First of all, this is a ridiculous story. You're hot. Everyone knows you're hot. You're my husband. And here come the comments, right? So like, and they should. Um, I, so, but that's not bullying. That's just a troll of a human making a comment. Oh boy. Yeah. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about that now. And then when we get to Tom, we're going to talk about other things and not going to bother him with the fact that someone thinks. Uh, you know what I'll tell you, Kim? You have gotten so good at this one ninja method that you have. If on social media someone says something like that, if you write back with kind words. I do. It, like the person who makes that comment short circuits. Legit. Not always. Sometimes Most, a lot it, of the it, time. I, I, but, oh, you're a person. Yeah. No, that has happened. Somebody has somebody has made a comment about my appearance or back up has said something about our kids' appearance. Yeah, that's. I claws are out. But that's the thing. I've put my kids online. I and it, so the response the 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 response has been you're putting yourself out for out there. Therefore. I have the right to be honest with you. Um, and so that's the argument I get. Then there are times you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't really know. I'm kidding. Your voice isn't, you know, the people make fun of my voice or whatever. Um, I, I, I'm kidding. I, and they didn't realize that an actual human would read it. Um, I've really hijacked this. And this is not what Tom does. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though. Like, right, Max, are you, are you, are you interested or do you want us to stop talking? How, how do you feel about this line of talk? You want the honest truth? Yeah. I was going to probably cut right when you guys started talking about <laughs> all the all the personal no, stuff. Keep, keep it all in. Just because I figured this is about the kids and the bullying good. and he gets to really good stuff. So good. That's, okay. that's my thought. Okay, good. Here's the compromise. We're going to keep it all in. <laughs> all right. But, but, We're going to compromise by, by doing what yeah. I want to yep, do. Yep, yep. <laughs> We're going to keep it all in, Tom, uh, uh, Max. We're going to bring Tom on, and you and I are going to minimize those lines of questioning. We may sneak one in just about kind of our stuff, but this one is all about the children. We will get right back to this in a second, but first we want to once again thank our friends at Care Of. They support us. Please support them. They're definitely supporting Kim. Yes. Like a life changer for you, right? I, you know, I used to be a need a nap at three o'clock every day type of girl, but Care Of is a monthly subscription vitamin service. It delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. We've made a lot of huge changes in our lives with diet and exercise. So you go to Care Of and you take this fun online quiz about your diet and health goals. And, and you like, can't fail the quiz. It's not like not, some, yeah, right? I get, I get anxiety about this. So, no, it no, takes five yeah, minutes good. and then they come up with all these recommendations. And did you know, Penn, that 90% of people fall short of FDA recommended guidelines for at least one vitamin or nutrient. 
No way. No way you're reading that right now, are you? <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, I was obviously missing something. You know, I've made a lot of changes, but this one was a big one. Yeah. So the vitamins are delivered right to your door. There's these easy little daily packs. And then they put honesty first. It puts all the research right there that it supports, you know, that for every recommendation. And a portion of every sale goes to the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need of valuable prenatal vitamins. And that's and that, awesome, too. That was important we, to me. We could have used that. Thanks for not being around, care of when we needed it. Hey, come on now. <laughs> so for 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code HOLDERNESS. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code HOLDERNESS. Speaker Tom Thalen is founder of NoBullyingSchools.com program. As one of America's top youth motivational speakers, he has spoken at over 500 schools, colleges, and youth organizations. His message helps schools create a positive culture and show students how to be the change. Tom has written books, uh, Teen Leadership Revolution and Victim Proof. He has become a leading voice in preventing bullying and creating a positive school climate. Welcome, Tom Thalen. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks, Penn and Kim, for having me on. I'm uh, excited to be on the show today. And Tom, by the way, is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We are in North Carolina. We were set up on a blind date from one of our listeners, as we mentioned before. And uh, I-, I have like an idea for an opening exercise. Uh, okay. Okay. I feel like we, I, feel, I feel like we should just start with our own personal experiences with bullying, including Tom's and Max's. Like Max, were you a bully? Or were oh, you bullied? Oh, no, I got great bully uh, stories. You okay, do? Okay, okay so good. let's start with Tom because he's our let's, guest. Absolutely. Let's start with Tom. Yeah, well, a lot of bullying starts out uh, verbally and socially, and that's kind of how it was with me. Of course, uh, our generation didn't deal with cyberbullying. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But, um, no, I got bullied uh, kind of in my day, which is, I imagine, about your day. I'm, you know, almost 40. Uh, there was a lot of if a guy didn't have a girlfriend for a few months, people would start teasing the guy about his sexuality, Yep. Mm-hmm. which totally uncool, uncalled for, um, you know, this day and age that would hopefully get reported right away and they would help kids out. But it was more of something that just happened a lot to me as a kid. Uh, but I was also, you know, I wasn't very athletic and I was the shortest kid in my class. And, you know, being a geek back then was not really a cool thing. Right. And so I got picked on a lot, you know, for my allergies and my asthma and all of the uh, the things about me that, that I didn't like. People seemed to find a way to touch on those. And I didn't know how to respond. Usually responded in the wrong way. Tried to either get even with that kid or I would uh, essentially, I always use the illustration, I would kind of carry the baggage. And so I'd just pack it away inside and pretend that it hadn't happened and because i didn't get help i never never broke out of it i never dealt with it and it just weighed me down mm-hmm. um pen you you've ha- you've talked about your bullying here sure so. yeah <laughs> uh, i think that's why someone suggested this yeah. i went through puberty when i was 18 um that sucked <laughs> <laughs> it just you, i just had a very high voice and it was great for show choir <laughs> so he was as a tenor but that also is not great for bullying back in the day they had no glee glee yeah. made it cool the, there was no glee in the 90s tom <laughs> um i was in boy scouts 
It was uh, the perfect storm. I had a good college resume, but that's not normally like super cool. <laughs> so I was in Boy Scouts, and I, and uh, in order to get your Eagle Scout, you had to wear your uniform to school. So I wore my Boy Scout uniform to school. <laughs> I'm bullying in... uniform. See, you're like ta- I think you were one of the bullies, oh. Max. The way you just said that. So I wore it to high school. I wore a Boy Scout uniform Aww. to high school. I was in a show choir. Um. Oh, at camp. At should I keep going? No, I think like that. that that's at good. camp, you uh, the mural. at camp, excessive heat gave me these like bumps on my butt. It's called folliculitis, <laughs> and so there was a public shower, and so I had like bumpy butt when I was in camp. Hashtag folliculitis. Well, it's, it's funny we can laugh about these things now. Looking yeah, back it wasn't it. funny back time, then. Yeah, it it can be pretty devastating. Yeah. Anyway, I, I feel like that we should just drop the mic and move on. I after know. That. Although I mean, you like, have a story. Max, don't you, no, Kim? but Max, can you even top bumpy butt? No, my, mine sounds like dark and mean and weird, but it's true. Like mine, um, I was always the very smallest kid, and I didn't get to go through the same puberty you did, Pen, because I'm not six five. I'm still like five <laughs> nine and a half or three quarters, but. Or uh, three quarters, who's counting? Yeah, I, I, I am three quarters. <laughs> it's that much closer to five ten. Uh, but no, I was, uh, you know, I'm a fairly light complected half Mexican white person, and so I just look like the white boy in the neighborhood. And I grew up in an all Latino and black neighborhood, and so I got bullied all the time for being the token white boy, oh. all the time. And I very, I was very small, but I had the loudest mouth. So I call, I brought it on myself a lot of times. I never backed down, but I also got it a lot. And, and if you're different, and that's the thing, I've this is the voice you know that I have right now. I Which had when I was awesome six, voice. and so I got teased a lot for having a deep voice. They instead of Kim, they called me him. Um, and mine mm. was, I think, girls. And and I want to talk about this. Is there a difference between how girls bully and are bullied versus boys? Right now, the sort of the biggest thing that stands out is the at- attempted and quote unquote successful. Uh, suicide rates of young girls because mm-hmm. that has been uh increasing along uh if you looked at the chart it would almost match with the rise of social media it's really sad mm. um and of course you know that is happening with our young men as well but not as a, as high of a rate uh they're both increasing but again i mean these kids it feels like it's your whole world and right now, you know, as adults, we can look down at our phone and say, oh, someone's just trying to mess with us. And we can kind of even laugh at ourselves now. You know, here we are today laughing at things that were not funny uh, mm-hmm. 10 and 20 years ago. But a kid doesn't have that perspective. And whether they're boys or girls, that little social bubble they're in feels like everything to them. Yeah. So you're saying, it sounds to me like you're saying that even though our stories are outrageous, in, in, they would just not happen in that way now that it's still if not a as big a problem in some cases even more severe now is that correct so correct i mean uh, imagine you know most schools now will have someone out on the playground watching kids uh, making sure that there's not big big trouble they can't watch all the little conversations but uh now kids have the digital playground and so no one's really watching them there Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they're always ahead of us. We, both of our families, we all, our, our oldest is a middle schooler now. Your oldest is a middle schooler now. And, uh, ours isn't on social media yet, but so many of her friends are. Mm-hmm. And what I see is, uh, kids are always getting the next app that their parents don't have, especially the ones that really 
want to, you know, act out, they find a way to do that online that uh, back in our generation, we didn't deal with that. So if we physically got away from someone, we didn't see them till the next day. Uh, they didn't get the chance to sort of follow us home into our pockets the way uh, digital media presents that additional challenge. Our daughter, so we are on social media. Our daughter doesn't have her own accounts for about a minute. She wanted to do musically, and then she realized that people actually saw it. So she shut she shut it down herself and would write comments like, "Where do you live?" Yeah, and things. So that freaked that freaked her out. So I, I she is not on social media and has not asked to have an Instagram account. All of her friends do. That being said. It's going to happen. She is going yeah. to have yeah. that. So what do you tell parents about life on social media with this digital playground in your pocket? So I have something I made for the Michigan School Social Workers Conference. It's called the Student Technology Contract. And it's really for parents to sign with their kids when they're getting that fully unlocked phone and when they are opening up their own social media accounts. Um, you know, we're we're a little bit old school, although I'm on social media. We're trying to hold off as long as we can because we realize there's that addictive element to it. And uh, we also believe there should be some guidelines that kids really follow. And I always tell when I I'll do like a, a parent program after I speak at schools, I'll do something in the evening for the parents. And I'll say, you know, if you have a 10th or 11th grader and you give them this there's going to be a revolt. Uh, you need to give it to them when they're first getting the devices. And it's got really great stuff on here. Like um, some of it's just like, what time at night do I put away my uh, phone? And mm -hmm. when do I get it back in the morning? Another one of them is just the promise to put away my devices during meal times uh, and at family events. So I'm not addicted to my advice uh, devices. Uh, that This is actually just a free PDF. You can download this on my website at TomThalen.com. Okay. And Spelled T-H-E-L-E-N for yes. those Minnesota Vikings fans. It's T-H-E-L-E-N. Yep, no -E yes, so. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Some people won't get that reference, but I'm just helping those who live near Minnesota. I'm okay. raising my hand. Okay. <laughs> yep, there you go. No, I appreciate that. But I, I even encourage high school uh, parents of high schoolers, hey, customize it. You know, throw out the few that are too strict for a high schooler but keep the ones that make sense for your student. And I think that trust is earned. So, I mean, as we give kids these devices, there needs to be a lot of accountability. And as they prove themselves, there's more and more freedom given. What do you think in terms of the family dynamic in dealing with bullying? What, what sort of effect does that have for bullies and then their victims? Family systems theory is actually what I talk about. It comes out of Georgetown University and uh, Dr. Murray Bowen, Dr. Roberta Gilbert. They have some books on this theory, which is that uh, our families create the basic unit of human emotion. And so you can't just help a kid and send that kid to counseling week after week. It, it, if you leave the family unchanged and you don't help the whole family, the kid comes back to the family unchanged and the change does, doesn't last in the kid. And so we have to create environments in our homes that are less anxious and more calm, where we have headspace. You know, people are talking about uh, deep breathing and, and meditation and, and just uh, mindfulness with our students. But that's a huge thing because a young brain doesn't think to stop and say, how much social media is too much? Uh, is it creating more anxiety? And am I becoming this this pressure cooker of anxiety that's now exploding on other people. So what uh, Dr. 
Bowen found in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s. But he found these studies of families where they had a student who had a, a diagnosed a behavioral or emotional issue. Today, we would say they're on the spectrum. And uh, he studied these families. What he found out most of the time is that the anxiety at the child level started out at the parent level. And oftentimes it was transferred uh, back and forth between the parents are actually projected from one to the other in this vicious cycle. And then it would get projected down on one of the kids. And he called that phenomenon the focus child. In other words, the kid who bears the brunt of their parents' stress and anxiety. Hmm. And, and the thing is, our kids, already, they already have enough stress and anxiety of their own. They don't need ours accidentally transferring and being projected down onto them. Yeah, it's so, so interesting. Yeah, it's so yeah. interesting. Um, the, anytime you talk to people about anti-bullying, I think one of the, the first things you hear, and it's a great perspective, is if this person is bullying your child or if this person is bullying you, take a second and think about what kind of day they've already had or what, yeah. what their last 24 hours looked like. Most of it wasn't at school. Most of it was probably at home. And I think, right. but the tricky part, Tom, is you can't, you know, like this, this, people who are listening to this are people are, their parents who have kids who are either, who are experiencing this in some level. It just seems to be everywhere. And that's a part that's really hard to control, right? Someone right. else's family. Right. And, uh, you know, my concept when I created uh, my book and my video curriculum called Victim Proof is that we actually have to accept the idea that we can't control others we can't change others in fact really bullying is about controlling others so in other words i can only change myself and so i can change uh, as a student i can change how i get help how i report the bullying i can change how i deal with it in the moment so that i'm not giving them power so that i'm keeping my power uh in a respectful way and then even after the moment of bullying is done i can change how i deal with it so all of those things are very empowering for our kids to say, you're the first line of defense in this whole thing. And if you can learn to handle it better in the moment and after the moment, it will become very difficult to keep bullying you. So give me specifics. Somebody comes up to my daughter and this actually this happened when she was in third grade. She was wearing a puffy coat and it was a girl on at school who was kind of known for terrorizing other girls. And she just followed her around and told her that, that she was fat. By the way, she's the farthest thing from it. She was wearing a puffy coat, but it, she put those words out, and I probably didn't hand it well, but that's fine. You did not handle it well. So, um, but In fact, tell I'll, us what, I'll, I'll talk you through that. So hold moms, on one second. Moms get mean. When no, they no, 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 no. So tell me what my daughter could have said in the face of that. Yeah, so um, – one of the things we have to be careful as adults is is to not just give a silver bullet like one size fits all answer for kids. Hmm. There are some there are some students that as they develop more uh, resilience, how they respond appropriately looks different for each kid. Some kids will be able to laugh that off. Now, now in in any case, a kid should report that level of bullying, and in that case, body shaming. Mm -hmm. uh, you know whether it's uh, too heavy, too too skinny, that is uh, crossing the line. Mm -hmm. So bullying, um, everybody thinks it has to have a repeated nature to it. If you look at the definition from stopbullying.gov, it says uh, that bullying is unwanted aggressive behavior among school-age kids that involves a real or perceived power imbalance 
and it says the behavior has the uh, it's repeated or has the potential to be repeated. And when it's something as severe as what you've described, uh, you know, kids might say I was just joking, but even in a single incident, that's bullying. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk to our kids about what's the right way to respond that fits with your personality. If we tell every kid to laugh it off, well, that might not fit with their personality. Right. Uh, they might they might be strong enough. We hope they're strong enough to be able to say, "Hey, that's crossing the line." You know, I don't I don't appreciate that. But in any case, they should definitely report that that bullying afterwards. And to not give the bully the satisfaction of a reaction is that is that the point? Exactly. You know so, what, I, so yeah, what, what, what does it look like for your kid to give a negative reaction? Uh, some kids get even. Some kids sulk about it. You know, I say to kids, even if you have to pretend in that moment that it doesn't bother you, that's fine. Don't let them know. But go talk to that trusted adult afterward so you can report it and then unpack it. It takes a while to process it sometimes. Have you ever had one of those bullying incidents where it's like uh, you realize after the fact that it hurt? Yeah. That's when you need to unpack the baggage. My son, uh, we were on our way to school last year, and I can't remember what it was. He was like, somebody at school said this about me. Do you remember what it was? Maybe it was his glasses. I think yeah. he'd gotten glasses, and there was like someone called him four eyes or said something about him like that. Or um, anyway, so I gave him this advice. I don't, I don't know if it's good advice. You can uh, analyze me and tell me if this fits in your thing. I just told him that if you just said, yep, like really loud, like, yep, and just walked away, like, yeah, you're right. Um, that kind of makes it impossible for the bully to say anything else. It's the M&M theory, right? At the end of 8 Mile, where yeah. he acknowledged, like, I do have all of these problems, so what of it? And then, and and then the other guy has nothing to say afterward. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. and, and our, our kid's school really is a lot like 8 Mile. So, <laughs> it's um, totally. No, it's not. It, <laughs> There's usually a rap battle on Wednesdays. That is really good advice, especially if that's fitting with his personality. Right. Some kids can't pull that off. It takes a little swagger to be like, yep. But, I mean, uh, out of our kids, probably at least two of our four kids could do that. The best, uh, Ellie, as well, our eight-year-old, one of the twins, uh, she is able to laugh at those things. And, and uh, well, thank you. You know, it's like that's what I like best about me. Yeah. And oh, wow, that's a good one. Because, you know, you're going, well, I can't, I can't get a reaction out of her. And on a psychological level, if you're looking for a reaction, well, I'm going to have to go find it from someone else now. That it's just not giving, and I have to say, as a, as you're saying this, and I know bullying, the definition is school-age children, I'm sorry. There are adult bullies out there bullying other adults on social media, and oh, yeah. and it's I think that all of a sudden with social media and examples that are being set, there is people all of a sudden think they have permission to say really, really terrible things to, to strangers. And, and, and I'm just going to throw out a possible I mean, topic. Politics, maybe? Maybe that's yeah. what you're talking about? Sort of. Or or even just the stuff we get online. Again, most of it's positive, but then there are some, and you can tell they're 11 because they can't spell. They will say <laughs> things on and YouTube comments that right. are, I know they don't mean because I know that they're 11, but that is so serious that, and I think, I know they're saying this because it was modeled in their home. And I yeah, want, yeah. I exactly. Just, yeah. I mean, I, it's a lot easier to be the critic than right. it is to be the creator of something. And when you create something, you put yourself out there. Of course, we want our kids to be uh, uploaders, not just downloaders. And we want them to create something into the world. But they've got to be resilient enough to know whatever I 
whenever I put myself out there, especially this day and age, it's so easy for people to throw in their little comments. Yeah. And, and yes, bullying can be something that happens in adulthood. The reason I believe that stopbullying.gov has that little phrase in there amongst school age kids is to clarify that um, technically there is not, uh, say, like, like a teacher to student bullying. That would be an abuse of power. It would look like okay. the same behavior. But what makes what bullying it has to do with people who should be on the same level of authority or the same level of power. So two adults or two high school students or two. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So they did that. Uh, I think maybe a little bit of a technicality to say now don't say that your teacher is bullying you because they have a built in a level of control over you. It's supposed to be used positively. Eh, sometimes it's not. We still wouldn't call that bullying. We call that an abuse of power. But but you're right, Kim. Yeah. Our kids have to be ready that all throughout life, there can be bullying incidents, and there will be. And so if you're not ready to handle those things, here we, if we make you think it only happens with kids, you think it's just going to go away on its own. It doesn't go away on its own. And I've dealt with plenty of adults that still get bullied today, even in, say, the workplace. Yeah, I, I kind of want to dive into this a little bit more because uh, what Kim is describing is more commonly known as trolling. It is, uh, it, it is the ability of people online who to anonymously basically because they can have an egg next to their head or they can have a name it's not someone that you can go to their house can say what they feel about something and a lot of times it will empower people to say things that are a whole heck of a lot stronger than they would have to say if it was just somebody's face um but there's a difference right between bully and trolling are, are they they're not the same thing right <clears throat> so um I have, a, I have a blog on the difference between being rude and teasing and even being mean and bullying. So mm -hmm. bullying is the one that kind of checks all the boxes, you know. It is on purpose, it is, is intentionally aggressive. It's amongst people of the same power level, uh, and it's it's uh, usually it's repeated, and it takes the, the main thing is it takes this power grab. Um, the neat thing, I guess, sort of the double-edged sword of the comment section online with trolling is uh, people who create stuff Often after a while, they realize, like, man, I don't need to read all of these comments. If I'm doing this just to get the positive comments, I have to realize that is not going to be the case. Mm -hmm. There will always be trolls. There will always be people that are looking to put in their counterpoint, and so many of them do it without any tact, and, and they'll even do it as a little bit of a, an attack to you. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like the solution with a lot of trolling is, you know, I didn't create this to get the positive attaboys of the comments. I created it for uh, the satisfaction of helping others or giving some joy in their life. I think your guys' videos bring a lot of joy to families and we all see ourselves in those videos. And you have to know for, for every one negative comment, there's 20 families out there laughing their butts off going, that's just like us. And that's and what I tell Kim. No, no. And, and I'm, <laughs> I, I get that there's a difference, but I'm saying, I'm saying is, uh, I do read the comments because I love the community that comes with being online. And I think that's one the one superpower of the Internet is it creates a community. I, I When I see the adults chime in and say, um, I, I hate to say this or I'm sorry to say this, like, no, you're not. 
No, you're not. You're not yeah. sorry to say this. And I just think, gosh, this person, according to their profile, has children and their children are hearing. And the excuse is, well, I'm teaching my kids to be honest. No, you're teaching your kids to be jerks is what you're teaching. Sorry, I'm going to yeah, step exactly. off the soap, soapbox here. Real I feel quick. like you need to have a therapy session with Mr. Tom about I your know. feelings no, at no, this no, point. No, I'm going to let I, you guys we, just go We there. just had, no, we had a parent-teacher conferences for our middle schooler. She's just started sixth grade, which is very scary. Academically, as long as she's trying her best, I really don't care what grade she comes back with. My first question to her teachers were, like, I don't think she's a mean girl, but it if, is she a mean girl? Is she being is she being subjected to mean girls? What are the personality mm-hmm. dynamics? Because she actually, I know, I know you want kids to report this stuff, and we have a great relationship with our daughter, but she actually doesn't tell us anything about school. It really, it's pulling teeth to get anything. So I, Same here. I, I feel like if I, if she were being, if if mean girls or a bully was coming around, I don't know that I would hear about it. So how do we get our kids to talk to us, and if not us, a teacher? How do we just repeat that so these kids understand that? I like the idea of having these anchor points uh, in our home, these nightly traditions of how we do our bedtime routines with our kids. Of course, they're getting older, and that kind of changes. But having the family meals together, having the uh, no-phone zone thing where our kids realize, you know, I've got a – Oasis and in Getty, if you will, like if, away from the storms of school and life. And we don't always have to go deep with our family, but what when I need them, they're there. And so we, my wife and I, we try to proactively ask our kids about those things. But you're right, we don't always know. I think one of the reasons we don't always know what's going on is because they also don't know. Uh, they don't realize it at the time that it hurts. Uh, they don't. And then these things start to spiral out of control, and we might not hear about it until uh, the proverbial crap hits the fan. Right. And then you're going, why didn't you, why didn't you tell us earlier? We wanted to help you. We wanted to uh, give you solutions, and if you would have came to us. But yeah, staying connected so that in the moment of the storm we can be there. My wife and I aren't, aren't perfect at it. It's just something we were working at day after day. Yeah. It's like I want to be there when they have that need. How often do you run into parents who don't realize that their child is actually part of the problem instead of part of the solution? Because I think we're all afraid of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really know. I, I mean, I assume that my daughter doesn't have it in her, and that, I mean, it was confirmed. But we're not there. But we're not there. Yeah. Well, I mean, your your parents who care, that's the main thing. Uh, that, to me, is going to be the biggest the biggest factor for her, is that you guys care, and, and you're there for her. Uh what, what we find with kids who bully is that they do not self-identify as bullies. Right. So it's good to be concerned about that. But again, the fact that you are concerned means it's on your radar. The, the parents who are completely not concerned at all, uh, they're often the time, oftentimes the ones where they're in denial about it. When I, I speak at schools all across the country, speak at about 100 or so per year. In fact, in the first two months of this school year, I've spoken to over 50 schools already. It's my busiest year ever. But I'll often have a school say to me, you know, we have a few kids here that consistently participate in bullying others. In other words, these are our bully kids. After the assembly today, could you meet with them and our school counselor just to talk with them for another 15 minutes or whatever? And I always, I, I will. And what I've found time and again is those kids who actually do the bullying 
they don't feel like bullies. And they feel actually like victims as well. So they say, why is everybody always telling on me? Why are the teachers looking to get me in trouble all the time? And it's that attitude of everybody else needs to change instead of me. Right. So to develop resilient kids who have uh, just that, that positive power with them is to say, you know, yes, you can handle bullying because you can change yourself. You can do the right thing in the moment by getting help. You can do the right thing after the moment by talking through the feelings. It takes a while to process it and talk it out. But we trust you enough to be that respectful person at the school who isn't doing the bullying. Instead, you're a kid who's, who speaks up for other kids. So I'm trying to play devil's advocate here just because I love hearing people who have great ideas defend themselves, and Tom's doing a good job. We have a, actually have a parent who showed up um, who has a couple questions for you. His name is Sonny Bubba, and he, I'm going to give him the mic now. Hey, Tom, listen, uh, listen, this is Sonny Bubba here. Um, listen, when I was a kid, I got a swirly every single day. This is true. All right? I got, I got, I got thrown in the locker so by my friend Johnny. It was a rite of passage, okay? And now we got all these namby-pamby rules where you're supposed to report yourself and some Georgetown professor talking about psychological effect. Man, when I was their age, I got the crud beat out of me. It was a rite of passage, and it's what made me a man. Why are we getting so soft and hoochie-coochie about all this stuff? Well, I, I hear what you're saying, that our, our yeah. sometimes, sometimes I do think we sort of overprotect our kids. We... We storm the school as parents too soon, and we say, why aren't you, you know, and what I try to do with parents is say, there's a time to step in and help our kids. There's a time for the schools to step in and help our kids. Anytime the bullying is a physical bullying, like what you've described with the swirly, that that really should be the school getting uh, involved in intervening. However, a lot of this bullying starts out verbally and socially, and some of these small levels of bullying, I think... To a degree, you're right. We need to teach our kids to be able to handle some of these issues before they turn into a bigger issue. I hope you so know that was that was actually me. You knew that, right, Tom? That's the real pen for everyone. <laughs> I just want to make sure you knew that wasn't an actual other person. You answered that really, really well. And I'm like, wait, does he actually think that I brought in a crazy person to ask you questions? Uh, no. Well, but really, though, that, so that sentiment is too. echoed to me at almost every school there'll be a parent that says, hey, you know, I went through it, I got through it, it's and I tell my character. kids to yeah. punch them right back. I tell them if you punch them right back, then you won't get bullied anymore. The trouble is, if we teach kids to do that, all of a sudden, now they're, now they're both in trouble. When a kid gets even with someone who bullies them, the school ceases to see it as a bullying incident, and they call it um, mutual misbehavior, or they'll call it battery. a peer conflict. Right. Now, both kids are in trouble. Do you want that to be your kid? Hopefully not. Mutual misbehavior? <laughs> the heck does that mean? That's just being a man, Tom. So, oh, my gosh. This is so – I'm wearing headphones, but and it's so no, loud. Like, just as in life, though, we have to learn how to respond without lowering ourselves to yeah. their level. And I think there's a way to respond with respect that's both powerful and positive. And that, that's a tricky thing for our kids to understand if we're not modeling it to them in the home. I, I'll get super deep here in that I, I live in great fear, I think, as most parents do, that when you drop your kid off at school, that there'd be a, like, I'm so afraid that we're going to turn on the news and be like another school shooting. And I think after every school shooting, it comes out that this kid was bullied 
and as a as a as if it was an excuse and this is the bully and this is those those kids at the school should have reported it they should have done more which makes me livid that they're putting it on the victims themselves right that they should have reported it but those things obviously it does it does escalate with that you mentioned the suicide rate and just how kids are now acting out so what responsibility does does the school have in handling these situations. Ours was a very simple, th- not simple, it was very upsetting to Lola in third grade on a playground, but the school really did step it up and they really did step in. But on, on these bigger, when you get to high school, it's more impactful. What sort of responsibility as a parent can I can I put onto the school? It is a, it is a different time. In the past two years, we've had the most violence we've seen on school campuses around America. And I think most of those you know, they're, they're a mental health issue that, yes, yes, we can always look back with that hindsight and say, oh, that kid was bullied and, oh, more kids should have reported. And in a perfect world, we would all have acted perfectly and, and figured it out and we would all have done whatever we could to stop that incident. But, uh, man, when when these these kids have psychological issues, no one has uh, they haven't reached out for help. And we often don't even know that they need the help. And then these tragedies happen. Um you know, it's a, to me, sort of a a sad thing, but a helpful thing that we are seeing more and more resource officers, actually full-time police officers in our high schools and middle schools across America. You know, that's sort of controversial for me to say that. But as a parent, I like the idea that, wow, there's at least someone there who is uh, has a pulse on the culture of the school, has a pulse on some of these at-risk kids, at risk of not just hurting themselves, but maybe hurting others. And even just being there, because we know when these big violence things happen, they happen so fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a parent, I at least like the idea there's at least somebody there to hopefully help stop these incidents. But but again, to your question, what about when it's just a, a verbal bullying thing that keeps happening or social bullying? What can we expect the schools to do? And, um, I think we can expect them to take real action, uh, meaning let, let, let me know. If my kid gets bullied consistently, at least let me know that follow-up has happened with the kid who bullied and that some type of protocol and consequence have, have followed. Due to confidentiality, they can't really tell me what consequences, and that's fine with me. But I, I just like to know that someone is following some protocol. It, it, with my uh, nobullyingschools.com uh, software and curriculum, we have a whole uh, sort of best practices for how do you handle these different levels of bullying, what types of interventions should we use with these kids, and then we, we walk them through this process called a positive action plan. We want all kids to be able to rethink through negative choices, kind of, why did I behave that way in that moment? Why did I uh, hurt that person? And, and in the future, how could I handle that stress and anxiety or fear in a different way, how could I cope with it in a positive way to lead to a more positive outcome? And so I know I, I put you I put you on the, the spot there and I understand everything, no matter what you say right now in this kind of climate we're in, it is controversial, right? To even to have an opinion you about You bet this. it's controversial. So I, I I'm trying to turn my boy into a man. Stop it. <laughs> that is so loud. I, um, but but it, it, it is as a parent, I know that my sixth grade daughter tells me nothing about school. If she were a victim of bullying, 
the God, schools have so much on their plates right now, and the, the teachers have so much to do, and they're not being paid enough. But I also, I yeah, teacher algebra, but really keep her safe is where where I stand on that. I had a, a yeah, question for Tom. For sure. Tom, this is uh, Max, with the producer. Um, it, as a parent, if you suspect that your child may be a bully, uh, what is your strategy for c- communicating with your child in a maybe non-direct or so accusatory manner? How do you open the conversation with your child to see possible warning signs that could lead to the fact that your child may be a bully? That's a good question, Max. I know. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that idea uh, that there are parents who are who who ask that and find that and, and try to mitigate it. Most of the times, the parents that are asking that are mitigating it early on when they see it happen, even when our kids are young. And so they're mitigating it on the playground. They're saying, hey, you, you can't treat people that way. You can't take control of them. Well, you don't realize you're trying to take control of the group when you did that. And they're training them along the way. Most of the kids uh, that actually are repeatedly bullying others, of course, we don't. We try not to label them as bullies, but they are repeat offenders of bullying. Um, they're not in homes that are asking questions like that. Right. The fact I, I always tell parents, the fact that you're asking that question, you're on the right track because now you're looking deeper into your kid's social emotional life and asking them those deeper questions, hopefully getting to the answer. But I mean, uh, a, a lot of the times kids that do participate in it who still come from what we would call a healthy home, they're participating more in the social bullying. And so it's, it's some of this verbal exclusion stuff that are yeah. verbal or nonverbal exclusion and even uh, rumors and things like that, where it's, it's hard to pinpoint it. So it's important for us as parents to still have those conversations with them in real life, find the teachable moments for our kids um, because we can't be there with them in the halls and online. And, and so if we find an example of it, teach them. If we mm-hmm. see them acting out in it, you know, try to correct them. But it, it can be very hard to see. And I think being proactive is the key for us as parents. How often do you witness in a marriage between whomever is married, one side of the marriage bullying the other side. And how often does that affect your child's perception on how to treat other people? That is the most serious question I've ever asked. And are you accusing me of something? Here? Well, just a couple of times. Go back into the corner. A couple of times during a couple of times during this interview, you have kind of been questioning my line. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you liked Sunny Bubba. I did not. It was Sunny Bubba was think, very loud. I felt like that was a nice kind of instrument to talk about a certain type of person. <laughs> and I don't think you're hearing me right now, honey. <laughs> No, okay, but but like a serious, I mean, like a pseudo serious question. I would imagine like parents get in fights, right? Um, oh yeah. And does that affect everyone? We get in fights. We're gonna get in one after this podcast. It's gonna be <laughs> awesome. And so, how, like, how does? Do, yeah. Do we have to be careful in the way that we communicate so that it's not transforming into kind of assertion of power in the way our kids are in their social scope? That's the most intelligent thing I've ever said. That was, that was a lot Over. Of great words. That's great advice. Yeah. That's great advice because. As they say, the apples don't fall far from the tree. It's not always what's apples taught. Apples are round. They can taught. fall a long way from the tree. I think that's a terrible euphemism. Okay, go. Sorry, go <laughs> Sorry. ahead. <laughs> but, when it, but when it comes to uh, handling conflict, when the pressure is on, kids revert back to what they've seen, usually what they've seen at home. And the hard thing about being a parent is 
we're coming home from the end of our day of, of work. We've given up all our energy and uh, the world got our best. The family gets our rest, the, the, the rest of it. There's oh. like a new country song about that right now. Really? Oh, really? I like it. It, it. it can be very true. And so we have to be so careful not, not to do that, not to bully our spouse, to learn how to handle conflict in a positive way. You know, um, it's, it's one of those things where I want my kids to see me working through issues with my wife in a, you know, kind of a collaborative way. But every family has their fights and their issues. Uh, you know, hopefully we're just talking about verbal fights and kind of right. arguing it out. So we've got to try to model that in a way that's still respectful. I think we can have conflict without disrespecting, without bullying, and uh, kind of model that for our kids. It's hard to do all the time, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it helps on your theme of raising resilient kids to be able to see adults work through conflict in a respectful way. They don't always enjoy it. It can be uncomfortable, but we definitely uh, make sure they hear the whole fight. <laughs> in a respectful way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything we're missing? And, you know, people that are listening, is there anything, you know, any sort of tips, conversation starters that um, we can send people away with? I mean, I, at this point in my life, I'm trying to model this idea to, to our kids that isn't it more important to have two or three good trusted friends in your life? Look at me and mom. We've got two or three couples in our lives we're really close with. And that's a lot more important than having a thousand followers online or even a thousand friends at school that are, you know, this deep of a friendship. So to find those few close friends is such a great life skill and, and realizing I don't have to be best friends with everybody. I have to treat everyone with respect, but that level of closeness that's reserved for the few close friends. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been very eye-opening and even just how to start the conversations with your kids. Uh, th thank you guys for what you're doing uh, to promote family values and fun and joy. I think you're bringing uh, a lot of help and hope to people around America. So keep doing what you do. I'm looking forward to whatever next video you make. <laughs> so you. are we. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. We're, like, it's, we're super it, looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to figure it out after this call. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you so, so much. Yeah, you guys too. Have a, have a great one. Okay. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.